0: Greetings and welcome to Modern Work. James Wills here with the inaugural season of a podcast in search of the secrets of the people who have the perfect gig. Those that are singing their own song, doing good work, and knowing it's really right for them. What do they know that the rest of us are missing? Or is there no secret at all? We podcast twice a month and hope to count on you as a listener. See the schedule at radio.webdockey.com. Today, we're speaking with Laura, a diabetic foot care nurse, truly a bodhisattva of the modern age. Her compassion translates as action, and the good work she does has a direct effect on the well-being of her patients. We catch her on the phone, driving back from work, and hear her story.
1: What is it that I do? Uh, okay, I am, I am a foot nurse. I'm a registered nurse. I'm certified in foot care, so they call it a CFCM, certified foot care nurse. I have been providing um, routine preventive foot care services, and basically doing care to keep feet in, in good shape. And I've been doing this for about 23 years. But my specialty has become taking the very first Feet with the worst nails and the worst calluses and the very uh, extreme conditions, and um, taking care of those feet. So that's kind of my niche. The motivation is because what I do is so um, rare. My motivation is to teach other people how to do what I have taught myself to do. Because if you can. Um, prevent a sore by keeping a nail in good shape or keeping a callus down or whatever, you can, for a person with diabetes, you can save their life. 85% of the 1.2 million diabetic amputations per year are preventable. 85% are preventable with the kind of care that I, I provide wow. and that I'm te- and that I've been teaching other nurses to do for the last 20 years. So the motivation is to
0: save the feet of the world. Well, that's, you know, you and Jesus and Mother Teresa, you know, you're all in the yes. same club with that. So <laughs> why do you like it? I mean, is, is this the, this, that's the satisfaction you get is the relief of suffering on the part of the patients. I mean, that that must yes. be it, right?
1: Yeah, and basically, I, I have a short attention span, so I really like getting immediate gratification. <laughs> so with foot care, in a very short period of time, you can transform somebody's life. A lot of saving it, but you can just change the quality of their life, and on a physiological level, I think that that, like, promotes dopamine in my brain or something. So it makes me feel good, and the patients feel good, and so it's basically sort of... An addictive behavior is to you <laughs> I know,
0: see.
1: take care of these people's needs. Yeah, so it's really very selfish on my part I It see. makes
0: me, me feel good. Yes, I'm what doing you? this. For <laughs> now, did you it, it, did, did you in terms of getting your jobs or your job or your or, or all your credentials? Was this a plan on your part? Did you plan to do this? Yeah.
1: No, no, I totally um, fell into it. It actually came out of probably the worst time of my life. About 23 years ago, I, I lost my regular job, or I gave it up, and uh, to take care of my mother-in-law, who was dying of cancer. And all of a sudden, I wasn't getting enough work. And uh, I was on the verge of bankruptcy. And this job came up at Richmond um, Kaiser for what turned out to be diabetic. So, Care, but it was actually posted in, a, you know, for occupational medicine or something. And so I—that's how I got into this 23 years ago. I started doing the foot care, and I just had a knack for it, and I loved the people. Um, but I was confined by working in that organization. They didn't give me the right instruments. real—I used to be an OR nurse, so I love, you know, good quality instruments and doing the right thing. So I started my own business. And I was about the 2nd third I think, in the country at that time to actually have a little private foot care business where I had an office.
0: I so that see. So 1996. Yeah. I see. And so, so it wasn't like a planned career path since you've no. been the young child no. planning on this or oh, okay. something and taking a logical progression of steps to take the right classes in school and getting an internship at the foot care clinic, and none of that applied.
1: No, but interesting about the childhood, the only thing that fits in with my childhood is as a child, I always like to take broken things, and I lived on a houseboat, Sausalito, and dolls would, you know, float to the the, uh, shore, and I would take them (laughs) home, and I'd wash them and dry them, and I'd make them better. So I like to take something
0: that's funky and clean it up and make it better. And that's what I'm doing now. It's just neat. I see. Oh, well, okay. So yeah. you, you just sort of yeah. let your career path take you to a, an avenue that would satisfy that old urge you had of yes. fixing broken yeah. things. So, so you know, a part of what I'm doing is I'm trying to give advice to young people, you know, on because it's hard these uh-huh. days out there trying to get a job. I mean, think about it. We have yeah. co- contract labor yeah. everywhere. You know, you can work piece work. Yeah, you can work for a home for pennies, you know, but, you know, they're yeah. they're trying to figure out and strategize to take the right courses, to get the right major, to get the right internship so that they can get some kind of a job, or they don't know what the heck to do, you know? Uh, yeah. So yeah. I'm asking you what what you think, you know, do you have any advice for young people coming into, I guess, into the medical field? Because that's the, that's the thing. I mean, is the well, one, I, one and only traditional path well, the only path there is?
1: Not necessarily. Of course, because of my bias of trying to save the feet of the world, we really need an army to do that, so we need more people. So I do advise a lot of people and several of my friends have followed this advice so that if you if you become a nail technician which isn't you know it might cost a couple thousand dollars and take you a couple months to get a certified nail technician then you can forget everything you learned in beauty school and just do medical nail stuff so you just have to tweak it a little bit but this is a way that it may not be the career choice that you want to eventually do but it can provide a really um, profitable way and very flexible way to make a living while you find out what your passion is. So nail tech, you could make at least 50 bucks an hour, probably a hundred.
0: This episode of Modern Work is brought to you by My Right Career. That's Don Lundgren's system to help students determine and verify what is truly their right careers. It is deceptively simple wisdom approached from a pragmatic point of view. Follow the link on our companion website.
1: You know, if you can do proper nail care, you do not have to be a registered nurse, but you have to have a certification in order to have a business. So, oh, you know, I that's see. one way, but...
0: I see. So, and, yeah. the, and the home health care networks that some of the people are participant in would cover that would cover that care if they were brought in?
1: not typically but what has happened is i just got like last month signed a contract with a federal agency the agency on aging it's called it's federal it's in every state in the united states and uh, i believe i'm the first nurse in the united states to have such a contract where they will pay me the feds will pay me to go into a home Of somebody that's getting their services and what they do, they provide services to keep elderly people who are low income in their homes rather than going to skilled nursing facilities. Right, saves everybody money
0: and is much more humane.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So if that could be spread, so if foot care nurses in every county could be having contracts with the feds, this would be huge. This would just be gigantic. Yeah. And I'm, you know, the pay is very good. Uh, the contract that I have is very decent. One hundred and fifty for the first visit, and a hundred dollars for follow-ups. And so, to get a nurse into one's home, that's what people pay these days. But poor people can't pay that. So, right. And it may sound like a lot, but if you can prevent one ulcer on a person with diabetes, one ulcer it costs the government or it costs the healthcare system eight thousand dollars in about one year to heal an ulcer on a diabetic foot. So when you're looking at 100, or $100 for a home visit
0: to prevent that, it's, it's totally worth it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, well, the economics of it makes sense, and the humanity of it makes sense as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. we all need to be heads up about the healthcare care system because, you know, it could definitely can be better um, in, yeah. a, in a lot of ways. So money was kind of a concern when you decided to actually take this job at Kaiser back when, um, because you were looking for a job.
1: Yeah. I just wanted a job. I didn't care what it was, but what happened is I had that, that realization or epiphany within a couple of months into the job that I was probably back in that day one of the few nurses in the United States that was doing any kind of foot care. And so I did a literature search on it and found out that a nurse back in South Carolina was doing a few foot care courses, and I teamed up with her, and she's one of my best friends and mentor to this day, Dr. Teresa Kelichai, and her um, was nurses doing foot care. And that was 23 years ago, and now, you know, there's maybe 1,000 foot care nurses in the United States overly, so there's a lot of work to be done. It's a huge...
0: Now, is this one of this is a calling for you? This is more than a job. I mean, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, you don't have to say yes or no to that because I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I've been around you enough to know that already, and that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing, and I know it's it's uh, uh, important work. Uh, You know, most humane. So I guess it doesn't feel like a job then when it goes past the job into the point of compulsion. It's something else Yeah. Um, in, in a good way. Um, so that's nice. Yeah. I mean, you get that satisfaction from your work that, you know, a lot of people don't. You know, a lot of people just don't get that. You know, what they do yeah. har- hardly matters. And that's in a good day when they look at, it and yeah. the, the only justification they can come up with is that they're doing it for money. You yeah. know, so yeah.
1: and and I I will say I was able to raise my two children completely based around their schedules, and I was also been able to travel the world doing this because I. Can sculpt a fungal toenail. I've been able to go to Africa and follow the poor in Nepal and uh, all over the United States and Canada and
0: teach. And so, so it's opened many know, doors as well as you know. Yeah. I mean, it seems to me. I mean, from. A, sort of a philosophical point of view, you put out that good energy of compassion and you're just getting a lot of return out of it. in um, more than just the words and the money. Uh, but from things in general. I mean the world opens up. When they when people see your motivation, then then you know that's usually all it takes. Thank you. A thousand- I will I'm so glad you called and I'll
1: talk to you soon in- Bye bye. Okay. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye bye. Thanks.
0: Thanks, Laura, and thanks for all your compassionate work and sharing your story with us. Thanks for listening. James Wills again, signing off on this edition of Modern Work, a podcast series devoted to the proposition that if you have the right job, it won't feel like work. By the way, subscribe to our podcast or visit us on our companion site at radio.webdockey.com.